Although today is Halloween, the scariest day of the year, even more frightening than ghouls and goblins is the threat of what public health experts are calling a triple-demic this winter, a more severe than normal flu season combined with new vaccine-resistant strains of COVID and another virus called RSV. Add in outbreaks of monkeypox and polio and the resurgence of Ebola in Africa, and you may be wondering what it'll take to stay healthy this winter. So we've invited industrial hygienist Monona Russell back to our show to sort through the facts. She's the president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, the health and safety officer for local A29 of IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, and the author of Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All, which is published by Wiley. As always, if you have a question for Monona, we welcome your calls at 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. And Monona, welcome back to our show. Well, thank you. Why are public health experts predicting that the flu season will be worse this year than the last couple of years? Is it because the the flu strains this year are stronger or because people are traveling more? Mask mandates have pretty much gone away? Well, part of that's so. But the, the, the primary thing with the flu and RSV is they've always been a problem, but they're a problem earlier. They, whether it's global warming or what it is, the, the, the problems with flu and RSV, which usually establish themselves in, 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 in late November, December, in that range, are, are pretty epidemic right now. Um, and so it's earlier. And uh, now we're just waiting to see which one of the it's, you know, we should be making book on this. We should be betting on the different COVID viruses, see which one is actually going to take over from um, BA5. So we're going to have three of them. And, and most people haven't heard of RSV until recently, respiratory syncytial virus, a single stranded RNA virus. Does his name derive from the large cells known as syncytia that, that form when infected cells fuse? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And um, the, the problem with that virus is that one of the reasons you probably didn't hear of it is it really was pretty much limited to infants and, and very young children. Uh, and one of the reasons is that it makes a lot of mucus and, and congestion. Hmm. And infants, you know, they can't blow their noses or, you know, cough up stuff efficiently like older children and adults. So that's why you see so much hospitalization because they've got to give them oxygen and, um, you know, aspirate the, the, the fluids that, that build up in their respiratory system. So it's been around a long time. And and reinfection is common in later life, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, most it's of not the... just infants. Yeah, they can reinfect. In fact, there is some very alarming information on um, some of the COVID varieties, which appear to be able to reinfect as, as early as 20 days after you just got rid of one. Oh, my. So yeah, they 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 they, they originally in this country they say it's ninety days that you have to worry that that you're worry free. Uh, in Europe they say it's sixty days, but now there's 
that even 60 days doesn't cover it and that you can really get reinfected early. And I don't know why we didn't know that, because the, the, the early 2020 information out of China was that this bug could reinfect. Hmm. People could get it again, uh, even the same one. So it, it, this is a real problem um, with, with, with COVID. It just, it's not going away anytime soon, and it's got so many mechanisms for hanging out with us. And Ed, is COVID Omicron variant BA5 still the dominant strain in the United States? Well, it dropped this last week to under 50% of the cases that they're monitoring. Now, remember, they monitor the hospital, hospitalized ones mm-hmm. primarily. And do uh, they even know uh, how many people are, are infected? Because many people use home test care kits. That's right. So we don't really have a, a, a figure on that, but they they're doing what they you know random testing and they're doing hospital testing and they're they, they've got a formula for trying to figure this out, and uh, the BA five is now under fifty percent, um, BA four point six is at nine percent, almost ten percent, and then there's two BQs one and 1.1, and they're at 14 and 13%. So you can see... BA 4.6 and BF 0.7. Yeah, I mean, there's just goes... Names come from? Yeah, there's a huge list of them, and, and there's a, 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 a BBX that's coming up that is in Singapore now. We aren't, we aren't seeing BBX um, 1. We're seeing BBX 1. 1.1. 1.1, and that one is already on our shores. Oh, it has come to the United States. Yeah, but it's just a case or two that they've managed to identify. They haven't, you know, it's not enough numbers to, to make the, um, the data tracking charts yet. A reminder that listeners are invited to call us at 212-209-2877 if they have any questions for Monona. There have also been reports of a combined flu and RSV virus. Is that something that is being seen for the first time this year? Well, you know, uh, that just uh, came out in a a research paper just the other day. And no one has ever seen anything like this before. The RSV and a flu were injected into lung cells and observed. And they formed another completely new entity. I mean, sharing their outer proteins and a different shape. And, and, mm-hmm. and then they tried to see if it could infect other cells. And it certainly could. And it could avoid the flu uh, uh, vaccine antibodies. So that is totally new. We have never seen two viruses, you know, literally combined mm-hmm. like that before. That's brand new. Does it cause more severe symptoms, more likely to result in hospitalization or death? Well, we don't know, except we know that if it can avoid the flu um, vaccine, yes, that's probably a good assumption. I'm wondering if there have been any reported cases of someone being infected with all three at the same time, COVID, flu, and RSV. 
Well, it will be a paper for somebody. So <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. So I'm sure that if somebody does a case like that, they'll 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 get into print pretty quick. Well, do they have similar symptoms? Fever, cough, sore throat, runny nose, body aches? You know, it's amazing how similar some of these are in terms of symptoms and symptom onset. Um, but there's enough difference that if you go to the, uh, you know, your doctor, he's probably going to do what's called a clinical diagnosis based on your symptoms and the likelihood in your area of a particular virus. And I looked into home tests for RSV, <laughs> and there's they they start around six hundred dollars. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, flu flu tests at home range around a hundred dollars, so you're not going to be doing that probably, um, and and hopefully you don't go to the hospital where they probably would test and find out exactly what you had. Do these three viruses all operate on the same timeline in terms of how long someone's contagious and how long between infection and the onset of, of symptoms? No, but you know. Yeah, they're they're all they all have their little bells and whistles, and and that's also what enables a, a clinician to make a diagnosis. That's that's complicated by a number of things because some of these viruses have different um, behavior, also depending on the host, whether or not that's an older person, a younger person, an infant, uh, what their health status is, and so on. What about the flu vaccines this year? Aren't there several different ones? What's the difference between them? Well, what they always do, what they've always, always done is take a look at what is in the, in the pipeline, what, is, what they're seeing, and try to predict what is most likely to be the dominant ones. In other words, what they're doing is if you go to the data tracker and you watch these little COVID things, changing in their percentages, as I do, which is kind of like a horse race. Um, they do the same thing with the flu viruses, and then they try to predict what is going to be out there in November, December, January, and so on, so that they can use the antibodies for those particular varieties. And they're usually pretty much on. Occasionally, they, they, they're off. But flu vaccines are often thought to be around 50% effective in preventing severe illness. Isn't that a lot lower than the mRNA COVID vaccines? Yeah, it depends. And, that, and again, it depends on the host. Um, I'm, I'm in my 80s, so I can take you know, all the boosters you want. Um, I'm not protected. Um, I just am not. It just, that just decreases with age. So you can't really just put a number on the efficiency without putting it also on a particular age or health status group. Now, what happens? Okay, so you've had the illness or you've had a a shot in the past. It just dissipates over time? Yes. Yeah. It decreases in its ability to, to provide enough antibodies to protect you. Is there a vaccine for RSV, or is one being developed? No, there's nothing for RSV, and and nothing is likely to be in the pipeline anytime soon. Uh, and and there's a really good reason if you just think about it. Um, the only group that you'd want to test would be infants, 
and you're not going to run a clinical trial on infants. So, you know, it looks like, you know, RSV is just going to kind of like be there. And as long as mostly the, the treatment of symptoms in the hospital is with only a few children dying from it, it's probably going to just remain at that status. So uh, if we get a positive diagnosis, how do we know how to treat the infection? Well, that again, I I wouldn't even pretend to start with that. I would, if I get any of these, I'm I'm just going to my my health service and my doctor because it's a very complicated thing. Again, uh, on on which kind, whether you use an antiviral or antibody infusion or what you use, um, and sometimes it's just symptom treatment. It, it it's a it's a again a clinical decision on what strategy to use. Obviously, the situation is really complex and complicated, and that's why we invite you to call Monona Russell. Uh, our number here, 212-209-2877, Are they spread through all of these things, spread mainly through airborne transmission? Or, or touching things. Yeah, flu is is well, the most airborne one, of course, is the is the COVID because it's a very very small particle size that we find is the is the driver there. And but we, and flu when is when airborne, but you could, you could also get it from touching the wrong things. So you know you need good sanitation with with all of these as well. Oh, the reason I ask is I remember when COVID first became uh, a real issue, we were told to wash our hands all the time, and we don't hear that much anymore. No, it's very ineffective with COVID. Um, In in fact, there are some uh, researchers who say there's never been a case of transmission by touch absolutely documented. There's some cases in which it probably was, but there's nothing clear that that has been a source. It's so, so airborne. Um, you, you can walk into an elevator where somebody has been breathing for a period of time. and uh, you, you don't see anything, you don't know anything, but you're toast. Would wearing a mask at indoor events, as many of us have been doing the last couple of years to avoid getting COVID, would that help us prevent the spread of the flu and RSV? Hugely, hugely. We have the worst statistics of any of the um, countries. Well, even in some of the, (laughs) we even outstrip some of the third world countries. We're just really not doing this right. We know exactly what to do to lower the infection rates. You mask up, you distance when you can, you don't have big groups of people in the same location or in the same in, um, indoor space. Um, you get the ventilation going. Uh, it, it just makes a huge difference. Um, you can have also shutting down areas like China does. China has zero COVID cases right now. Zero. I mean, zero, and it's been years of zero. <laughs> COVID deaths, not cases, but deaths, because they they just 
stomp it out right away. Well, and also, separate- they're, they're a dictatorship, so they can have a they little can more do control it. over the population. Democracy and COVID just go fit together like, you know, Mutt and Jeff. I mean, they are really just two very happy people together because our our need to, to express ourselves and to free ourselves from the masks literally is taking the lives of about 400 elderly people per day in, in the United States. No one else has figures like that. And and in this country, that's considered the new normal. Mm. Well, as an 80-some-year-old, I resent that, thank you very much, because we're literally killing so many elderly people. We have changed our life expectancy data. We've had the biggest drop in 100 years in our life expectancy. And we were no great shakes at life expectancy in the United States to start with. So we're sliding into the range of 72 years. Oh, my. Yes, I know. You, you and I are already projected. Uh, yeah, that's projected. Anomalies. But it, um, you know, really, we are. My guess is industrial hygienists. Monona Russell, and we're taking your calls at 212-209-2877. Let's take a few calls, okay? BAI, you're on the air. Good afternoon. Can Hi. you hear me? Yes. Hi, great. Okay, you'll just excuse me. I have one of these respiratory cold things going around, so excuse me. But I have a question, and if I missed the beginning and you've covered this, I apologize. Um, my doctor has said that the current COVID test um, – are producing false negatives. So I like I've taken, as an example, I've taken two COVID tests and they were negative, but he's thinking that I do have COVID because <clears throat> the tests from, <clears throat> excuse me, previously um, are not sensitive to catch the current COVID strains. Can you speak to that, please? Thank you. Well, the, the, the antigen test almost has had a problem with false negatives. That's been that's been the case. It's why in 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 the film industry um, we didn't uh, rely on those for a long time. We required PCR because PCR will definitely get it. So you could just you know if you feel well enough, you could go to any of those places where they do PCR and either prove your doctor right or wrong. Um, because- so you have to ask, do you do PCR? Yeah, the PCR will definitely tell you whether you got it or you don't. I see. Okay, so even if it's the new strain, you say there's some new strain um, that's being that's rampant right now. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you would, it, it, it'll get them all. It'll get them all. Okay. Well, thank you so much, and for all the work you both do, I really appreciate it. And love your show. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for calling. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. I, there's a bit of a delay, so sometimes people get a little confused. Are you there? Okay. Well, sorry about that. Again, a reminder that our number here is 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. BAI, you're on the air. Oh, good afternoon. Hi. Um. I'm so used to hearing your guest, as I said before, she has a very pleasant and uh, kind-sounding voice. However, um, from what I understand, your guest, she is not a doctor. 
and she has no real medical background. You could speak to her directly. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm perfectly <laughs> capable of defending myself. I mean, I don't recall your name. I just tuned in, but I recognize your voice. I Monona Russell. All right, Ms. Russell. She's um, an industrial hygienist. You're a natural hygienist. So industrial hygienist. Hey, I'm an industrial hygienist and I'm a chemist. Right. And I, I set the, uh, I work on the COVID programs for the film industry and for the live theater industry. And so I've had a long history of working with these programs since they started out. I'm one of the ten. So you are totally, excuse me, please excuse me. I apologize for interrupting. I know that my time is limited that other people want to speak with you as well. Uh, but so then you're kind of more of a PR person for the uh, COVID industry. From what you, the um, COVID You see yourself as a PR person for the COVID industry? You're a public relation, yes. Am I correct? No. No. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a union rep. I'm a worker advocate. She right, sets the health standards for... Wait, 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 wait. Well. wait, wait let's just get back call to her. Topic. Let me talk for a moment. Because uh, I, I think there's a bit of confusion. As I understand it, Monona sets the health standards for, for uh, when people are working in theater or on film. Is that right, Monona? Well, what we did is 10 experts, because in order to set a COVID pra practice, you, a pr program, you do not need just medical experts. You absolutely do not. That's what was wrong with the CDC. You have to have risk assessors. You have to have industrial hygienists. You have to have epidemiologists. You have to have all kinds of people, regulatory experts, and you put them together and then you get a COVID program that works. So uh, what, what we did is we set up 10 experts and we, in, in June 2020, issued a, um, a COVID program and we have been working with it and keeping the film industry open successfully since June of 2020. Oh, quite a bit about what happens. And if, if someone asks a medical question, I have access to the right experts. I can ask them as well. We all work together on COVID. You cannot just have a medical expert for a COVID program. Ms. Ryder, please excuse me. I understand that. But because the uh, policies are really set by medical experts, uh, this is what I want to focus on. They're absolutely the, not. The com the com no, no, the medical experts in our pro yes, no, no. Everybody works together because the medical experts do not understand the precautions. Did you know that if a doctor I mean, I, wears a mask in a hospital, let me just finish this. Can I make, can I at least pose my question? I mean, is that what I'm supposed no, to No, let me just finish my point and then you can go on to it. When a, when a doctor wears a mask in a hospital, it is because an industrial hygienist has fit tested him and trained him and selected that particular respirator. That is not the doctor's prerogative or expertise. It is the expertise of the industrial hygienist in the hospital. But the doctor should understand hygiene because before the hygienist <laughs> he is supposed to be trained in that. First of all, we are, our medical system is a joke, as you know. You're an older person. We don't have um, uh, medical uh, uh, care that is really efficient. We have a system that people don't even understand how the system works. You are a mature person, so you understand and know that. I don't have to go over that. But pertaining to this particular situation, there are many countries who, do not, who don't have 
these are genetically engineered uh, injections, and they are doing better than we are. Yes. The information that we get. So that's one of the questions I want to ask. Brazil and some other, other places who are not as affluent as we are, their health system is much better, and they don't use the systems that we currently have in place. They don't have access to them. Okay. That's, uh, you, that's Renona, a good you question. Add, you want to answer That's an question? excellent question. That's an excellent question. And what they do is they wear the damn masks and they use common sense. And we do not. We literally can't wait to take off our masks and gather. And as soon as you do that, you raise the infection rates and you reap the rewards. The people that they're hurting are not themselves because they're the young people. They're the strong ones. They get it. They pass it around like it was a football, but it gets out of their group and into the into the adult population. And then you see the, the rates of deaths go up. And that's what we're doing. And other countries have more respect than that. And they don't do that. Now, what about the masks? Are the same types of masks we've been using during COVID, like N95s and KN94s, effective against the flu and RSV? Well, let's let's and, just talk about the real N95s because the Ks and the and the and the ones K I have are mostly Ks and. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> as soon as they've got ear loops, they are not um, oh. NIOSH certified. And, and so uh, for my husband and I, we wear the real N95s. And as an industrial hygienist, I used to do fit testing. So I can be pretty sure he's protected and I'm protected. And we have to protect ourselves because other people aren't wearing masks. So if you really want, want to protect yourself, you want a, a full N95 with the straps that go over the head and behind the neck. And you want to know that it actually fits you and so on. What about uh, the cloth masks and the, the cloth sur masks. surgical masks? The cloth masks do a marvelous job of keeping your schmutz to yourself. <laughs> and as soon as everybody is wearing the cloth masks, the infection rates miraculously go down. Yeah, that's it. So, but that's only if you're already infected. Uh, well, you only have to worry about that one person in 10, 15 or 20 that has it. Mm -hmm. but, but that person doesn't know it usually when they're first infected. So they really, we just need all to wear our masks in public, and we would drop those infection rates, but we're not willing to do that. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, Lenny. Hi, huh? Monona. It's Russell, and I'm, I'm not your biggest fan. You know that, but I want to treat, <laughs> you, treat you right, you know. Uh, listen, Monona, I feel that, you know, since the 99% in Occupy was mobilized, what's happened is that disease has been weaponized, Similarly to the military-industrial complex, the uh, pharmaceutical-industrial complex has weaponized disease and turned us against each other. And, you know, you mentioned we had the, the most death and we had the longest school shutdowns. Uh, the masks for children was totally wrong. Now, Manona, I want to ask you, how did it affect you when you heard the Pfizer PR person say that they never tested that mRNA vaccine for transmission, that that was really... Not so. Do you feel there's been a betrayal of public health and that public health has suffered because of it? And Monona, do you think you should ask forgiveness for, for demanding that children wear masks? <laughs> I would, I'm, I'm, I'm into not only asking, not asking forgiveness, I'm asking them to wear them again. So you, you and I are totally on the, on, on the wrong page. Um, because in the, in, the, in the countries where we see the mask wearing continuing, 
but, and especially countries like Japan and China and, and Singapore and uh, where they really wear the masks there, their rates are so low, so low. And they have the same issues that we have. And they've just always had that kind of respect and keep their distance from people and so on. We just don't get it. To some degree, is that also because of tradition? Because I used to live in Chinatown, and every flu season, I would say the great majority of my neighbors were wearing masks. Absolutely. It's respect. And this is what we really need to get back to, and it works. Okay, well... You're listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. I got it from Agnes. She got it from Jim. We all agree it must have been Louise who gave it to him. Now she got it from Harry, who got it from Marie. And everybody knows that Marie got it from me. Giles got it from Daphne, she got it from Joan, who picked it up in County Cork, a kiss in the blind We're back with industrial hygienist Monona Russell, and we are taking your calls at 212-209-2877. Monona, we got a number of callers who don't believe the uh, official line. What is the official line? Well, I mean, they, they, they feel that... Uh, that there's some kind of a, it sounded like a conspiracy among the drug companies and uh, the, the masks are a waste of time. Uh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not, this is not official policy. The official policy says you don't have to wear your mask. <laughs> I'm telling you, Yeah. I've looked at the data and it's quite clear that if we wear them, we can cut down the, the infection rate. And that would be very nice for our longevity and our elderly. Um, it's not much of a risk for the people in schools or the people who are younger, but it is a 400 roughly people dying a day that people have decided to accept. So, you know, the, the CDCs really capitulated to democracy, to the idea that People have the right to say, I don't want to wear this and I don't want to do this and it's my right. Well, okay, hmm. that, that's true, but there are consequences when you do. I'm always surprised in the subway. Uh, I'll go into one car and the great majority of people are wearing masks. There are a few who aren't. And then I'll switch trains and the great majority are not wearing masks and I'm one of one of two or three who are wearing masks. Uh, I, I don't think there are any rules out there right now. No, there aren't. There aren't. And and that's it. So anyone who says there's an official line right now and that it's being used to weaponize, I mean, the only official line is the the people at the CDCs and the people who are making policy just want to keep the voters happy. So whatever you guys want, you're going to get. It's just a question of who's going to get hurt if you if you take the mask off. And it's people like me. And uh, I'm, I'm capable of dealing with it because we do wear N95s and we stay pretty much to ourselves at home. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello, you're there. Hello. Yes. Hello. It's you. Hi. 
I want to ask about the uh, toilet plume. Has that been discussed already, or uh, is that something you can answer, Winona? You know, that's what I, I do a lot of, of ventilation training as well. I'm 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 a member of the ACGIH Industrial Ventilation Committee and do national webinars sometimes on this subject. And I have said we are going to have to all work together on the bathrooms because that is a really complex area. You have black water that uh, um, exhaust that can back up. We have real ventilation problems with all of the barriers around the stalls. Uh, there's, there are types of hand cleaning that can throw the virus into the air. I mean, it's it's really complex. That's going to re that's going to require a number of types of people. It's going to require particle physicists, ventilation experts, medical people. It's going to require a real collaboration to deal with the bathrooms. And now you have other issues having to do with um, privacy and um, uh, different groups of people who uh, will be using the bathrooms and so on. It's just really complex. Thank you. Wouldn't, wouldn't a good start be just to have a, a, to mandate that all toilets have to have a seat on the top that gets closed before you flush? Wouldn't that go a long way towards addressing the issues? Yeah, well, it would be a little like like going elephant hunting with a pea shooter. That That's just oh. one minor oh. thing. There's so many others because the person sitting on the can is breathing. <laughs> that is an okay. even bigger issue. So we've got we've got a whole lot of things to think about. And there should be ways also of flushing the toilet without throwing so much spritz in the area, I would think. And that might take some kind of plumbing expert. Um, but there are, it's, it, it, as I say, I, I am totally baffled just by the ventilation issues that I've come up with. And so I know from looking at the other issues that we're going to need a lot of people sitting down together and working this out. Thank you so much for your call. We have a bunch of other people calling, but I just wanted to address something very quickly. Uh, we're also seeing other things uh, popping up, monkeypox, polio. I thought polio had been eradicated. Do we know why it's resurfaced? Yeah, well, there's, there's some countries that use a live virus uh, um, vaccine, and some of those live viruses now have actually infected people and um so it's yeah it's 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 sort of back um well for we example i was like many people of my generation was vaccinated against polio uh when i was a child uh, is do i need a booster shot you know we're not a hundred percent certain it looks like we have some protection because i also had the had the vaccine um, and so it is certainly expected that we have some kind of immunity, but we have to see, uh, there's, there's research ongoing now to see how much uh, antibodies people actually have and how, how protected they are. Okay, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, is this my turn? You. All right. This is Steve in Malibu. How are you doing today? Okay. Steve. Great show. I, I, I love the presentation by, by Minola there. Monona? So it's Monona. Yeah, yeah, M-O-N-O-N-A. 
very <laughs> easy to c- confuse with Minowa. Anyway, thank you so much. Um, yeah, um, hospitals as a vector. Um, the ventilation coming out of hospitals, I don't hear any rating system for any of this. Also, um, just quickly, I'd like to hear you debate Gary Null. And oh, please. Also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I've got one more. Coca-Cola, according to the king of Ghana, uh, it, it turns the test positive, and all the goats and all the fruit in Ghana are positive for COVID-19 by the PCR <laughs> test. I'm, I'm not buying much of it, but it's great entertainment, though. It's a lot of yeah. Uh, you think that Pepsi is spreading that rumor? And she's not buying it either. The AMA <laughs> has totally discarded all of the imaging for the micrographs, the electron microscope, the uh, scanning and, and the transmission uh, uh, electron microscope. Uh, they're questioning all the images that are being put forth by the CDC. Uh, as of earlier this year, uh, February, check that out. The AMA is questioning the images of COVID-19. Thank you very much. Keep up the good work, everybody. Thank Bye-bye. you. He threw out a whole bunch of things, Minona. Yeah, keep laughing. <laughs> Anything you want to say in response to that, or should I just well, another Well, yeah, the important thing is to know where to get your facts and, um, you know, looking at the peer-reviewed journals and how to – and, and there sh- you should have some kind of basic, you know, science so that you know when somebody's really off base. Um, but it's 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 – it's confusing because it just com- it keeps coming and coming, and it's much easier to push a lie than to to document a truth. And there's a lot of confusion out there. Many people are wondering if it's a good idea to get the flu shot and the COVID booster at the same time, or wait a few weeks between them. Well, it depends on whether you want two sore arms or one. Mm-hmm. But but they don't they don't uh, conflict with each other. No. Okay, let's take another call. Uh, let's hope that the listener doesn't conflict with us. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be 72. So should I start worrying? You're going to be 72? Um, should you start worrying? <laughs> Why should you start worrying at 72 more than at 68 or 85? Because I said that the um, new um, projected longevity is is, is seventy two, <laughs> so your your lease is up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have longevity in my family, so I'll, I'll take my chance. <laughs> um, yeah, just keep wanted- just keep doing the things that are right, and you're going to be around a long time. Don't forget that we're talking averages in this case. There are people who die very young, and there are people who die in their uh, when they're past a hundred. Yes, my mother was one of those. Oh, past good! Her. You got a good chance. Yeah, it's yeah. very likely if if if, if uh, it's in your genes that you're going to live a long time. Um, what I wanted to say is I haven't been tested. I haven't gotten um, the vaccine or anything else, but I do wear a mask. Uh, do you have any suggestions? Yeah, get your vaccine. Get the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll give you an extra leg up if you do get it. And if you're just wearing an ordinary cloth type mask, it is protecting others more than it is protecting you. The okay, actual fine particles can go through cloth. Caller, I don't know if this means anything to you, 
but I've had all the shots, including four boosters, and I haven't come down with COVID. And I've been in all sorts of situations where uh, I suspect there were possibilities. So I don't know if that means that it's my genes or whatever, but I'm very glad that I that I had the the vaccines and the boosters. Yeah, you've had all ours too. But we got we got before the vaccines. Hmm. Well, anyway, thank most effects from the shot. No, I had never had a bad. I mean, some people have, but I never did. Anyway. Yeah, I always have a little fever um, um, the first the, the day after, well, and then it's gone. Yeah, some people have nothing. Um, my my husband is even older than I am, and he doesn't even know he had the shot the next day. <laughs> yeah, me, I'm like that too. Anyway, happy 72. Call us again when you're 73, okay? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's go to another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, Jew. Uh, I wear a very comfortable mask, not the type of mask you're talking about. It's elastomeric. I could check the seal anytime I want by putting the hands over the, my hands over the cartridge. And it has no exhalation valve, so the same cartridges filter the exhalate, exhaled air. And I shave, and I've been doing this for 40 years. I shave because you need to have a good face seal. Right. In order to... In order to uh, so the mask that you're talking about, I see people later on. If you have one day's growth, if you go into a refinery, they won't let you in because of the hazard. If there's ever a fire, they want you to wear an, a, a breathing apparatus that will have an excellent seal. Oh, gee, so I have, have a beard. A what am I going to do? You're, you're toast. You're not, uh, you don't have a good seal. Yeah. It's no, like not he, a he's absolutely right. When I'm when I'm work when I was working in 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 industry, that's exactly the the rules. He's he's doing a good job so of why explaining. Don't, why don't you recommend the best mask that has the best seal, which you know which is the elastomeric? Elastomeric. I, I I would if if I thought anybody would listen to me. Uh, that, that's because that's what you need to say because. The masks that you're talking about are very uncomfortable for me. I've tried those masks. I, they're just extremely uncomfortable. And the mask I wear, I wear, I could wear all day, and I've been doing it for 40 years as a toolmaker. Yeah, the, the, the last one, and, and remember, some people can't wear elastomerics, and the, um, the, the plastic on their face causes a rash, and they have all kinds of issues. So it, but it works for you, and it works for a lot no, of people. There's other, uh, there's silicone. There's many. I have the same problem with different materials, but you have to find the type of rubber, synthetic rubber that you're most compatible with. And if you want, right. I can give you the names of the companies that make up, like 3M or MSA. Well, yeah, I I have contacts at 3M and other companies, so I mean, uh, yes, I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying. And, and again, if I really thought somebody would listen to me, that's what I would be suggesting. But I can't even get them to wear a cloth mask. Because they're not comfortable. They never tried the other type, rubber wow. or a synthetic rubber, that's very comfortable against a, sh a face that's been shaved. And, and, and where are they going to get these to try on? 
That's the other issue. Right, can, I, can I say the name of the distributor? Sure. Well, um, yeah, but it's going to cost. Air gas. Yeah. They distribute oxygen tanks to all the hospitals in the area. Uh, these large uh, trailer, uh, they distribute uh, gases, and the name of the company is Air Gas. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much for calling us. And um, now I have to think about whether I'm going to shave off my beard. <laughs> My guest on today's Leonard Lopate at Large here on WBAI New York 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org, is industrial hygienist Monona Russell. And we are taking your calls at 212-209-2877. Let's go to another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi. Yes, hi. My name is Ruth. I'm calling from Queens. And... Um, Monona, I've known of you forever. My twin sister works at NBC. Ah. Um, we are now um, uh, those who work behind the scenes on the crew at SNL no longer are have to wear masks, which is upsetting. Yes, it me. is. Um, I have a question. How would I find someone to test the fit every every man I, I only I mainly wear the 3m and 95 what I, is the union I'm not You're, in the union that's oh see if you were if you were 829 uh, I I could just tell you I could I could actually facilitate a questionnaire coming to you and a contact at Mount Sinai and it would all be free oh really Oh, oh yes. If I get if I got you the information for my sister could get that information from But if also. you you'd have to be a member of 829. I'm not. I'm a mem- yeah, see, I'm that's a, the problem. I'm related to a member of 820. I think that union. Um, uh-huh. so, so you don't know what every time I've I I don't think I'm getting a good fit and I don't know how to access somebody who could help me with that. And apparently you don't I can at least talk to you. I can't come out and fit test you, but um, right. because I don't do that anymore. The hospital, we, we, we have a regular standing contract with Mount Sinai's occupational medical clinic so that so we if can. If, I, if my doctor is a Mount Sinai doctor, could I find out I could possibly do it through Mount Sinai? You could ask. I I yeah. don't know if they, they would do that, but it would it would it shouldn't hurt. You should ask. And it's the occupational medical clinic. Medical clinic, right? I'll see it's if t- I can find out. And from what you, I'm, I'm a senior, uh, I'm in my seventies, and I'm wondering, um, from what you're saying, I have not been going out. I've been really isolating, still, and I'm, so I mean, I go to the store or whatever, but rarely. Haven't been on the subway. Um, I would love to be able to go to a museum. If I'm wearing a well-fitting N95, would that be considered safe, or is that still a crapshoot? No, that's still pretty safe. If you're really wearing a well-fitted N95, you know, you can practically bring on World War III in, in terms of COVID. Um, it's, and, 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 and it takes training to also know how to put it on, put the straps in the right, right. place. You know, all of that. That's what they they provide. You know, there's a a, a wonderful industrial hygienist over there named Norm. um, uh, All of a sudden, his last name is gone. 
Um, your, your sister will know. Yeah, and and he 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 literally provides all those services. Uh -huh. We thank you for your call, okay. and we're going to take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Yes, I love you, Monona. You're the greatest. Uh, thank I you. In the beginning, that glycogen or sugar in the blood should be used by the virus to hide the spikes. And so I'm wondering if that's why a lot of people, unfortunately, have diabetes, had a high death rate. But the second question is, some people for colds take zinc, take echinacea, take other immune-boosting vitamins. Is there anything, and again, it's not going to stop it, but it might help your immune system. Is there any protocol or things we can do and vitamin supplements, things we can drink uh, that might help us? Oh, just really maintaining good health. In, Strengthen and, your immune system. There's that is, yeah. The more, the more, the, the healthier you are, the more of the uh, nutrients that you're providing your body, the better you can you can mount a defense. So I'm all for people, you know, checking into their own needs. Some people actually don't need any vitamins. Other people do. It depends on how your diet is, how your health is, a number of things. But the better you eat and the better your your immune system is, the better all the way around here. So I agree with you on that. But I it, couldn't but it doesn't hurt to take a, a vitamin C pill and a D3 pill on a regular basis. Is that what you take? Yes. <laughs> is that bad? I, uh, yeah. Well, they when my husband uh, was in the hospital, they all actually prescribed a um, a multivitamin for him. But um, you know, this is a people are understanding that you need, um, especially in when you're older and you don't absorb things well, you need sometimes a little extra help with that. Okay, Thanks. I just want to say, Leonard, I love your Twitter feed. It keeps me up to date, and all <laughs> your users should follow you on Twitter. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for the plug. And we're pretty much out of time. I'm going to sneak one more call in. And if anybody doesn't get on, I'm really sorry. We suddenly ran out of time. BAI, you're on the air. Could you make it quick? I will make it quick. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. The name of the, of the mask that uh, was recommended that nobody would listen to, is it called elastomeric? It went by really quickly. Can you spell it for me, please? No, no, no. Elastomeric just means that there's plastic involved. Oh, what is the These are the, the ones that have a face piece made of a plastic material, and then the cartridges are changed, whereas the, the N95 that we think of is, is a what's called a filtering face piece. It's the whole mask is a, is a filter. This is a, a, a plastic shape that fits over your face and has cartridges that you change out. Yeah, with you don't it. see many of them on the subway. No, you well, don't. And, and what do I ask for? Um, well, you know, if you go to, to Home Depot or some of those and you ask to see all the different masks and things, there'll probably be an example of an elastomeric there. It may not have the right filter for you, but it's you can elastomeric, what you like. And you, and you can Google elastomeric. It just means elastomeric. spell it? E-L-A-S-T-O-M-E-R-I-C. <laughs> elastic merit, like elastic. Okay, elastic merit. Elastomeric. Elastomeric. Merrick. Elastomeric. Yeah, I'm sure that if you go into a store and say elastomeric, 
they'll know how to spell it. Okay? Yeah. It's 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 Sorry, just a plastic you. face piece that has a filter in it. You've thank, seen Friday, these you. You know, the ones thank with you. the filters on either side. Monona, is there anything else? We're pretty much out of time. Is there any place that people can contact you, find out more when you're not with me on the show? Yeah. The the organization, the the nonprofit I run is called Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety. So if you email A-C-T-S-N-Y-C, C-S, which stands for CompuServe, damn it, (laughs) dot com, You've got it, and I'll answer any questions, uh, even the impolite ones. And then people, of course, can always read your book, Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All, which is published by Wiley. And my nine other books they can read. Oh, yeah, well, uh, and how would they find access to that? Well, yeah, they if they're interested in that, they can sometimes Google will help, but, you know, I... Some of them are out of print. But we'll speak to you again in real soon, I hope. I hope so, too. Let's hope there's not another crisis. No, uh, we, don't need, we, we don't need that. And that brings us to the end of the show. Special thanks to segment producer Barbara Kahn for preparing today's interview. If you'd like to check out more of our one-hour interviews on one subject, you can access our archive of nearly 700 shows at WBAI.org or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. Uh, As a listener pointed out, you can check us out on Twitter. And if you'd like to reach me directly, my email address is leonardlopate at WBAI.org. Right now, I need to ask you to consider stepping up and supporting BAI as we struggle to stay afloat during these difficult times. We're asking all of our listeners who haven't taken that opportunity yet to make a tax-deductible contribution at whatever level they're comfortable with by going online to give to WBAI.org or by calling 212-209-2950 right now to keep this show coming to you from 1 to 2 p.m. That's give and the number 2 WBAI. Uh, you might also be, consider becoming a sustaining member. Call the same number for $10, $15, $20, whatever's comfortable, uh, and help us to plan for the future. We're off tomorrow, but I hope you can join us again on Wednesday when James Vincent will discuss his book, A Molecule Away from Beyond Measure, The Hidden History of Measurement from Cubits to Quantum Constants. We'll see you then. <laughs>